This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com a new season a new co-host hello joe hello rich okay yep that's nice a homage to ryan um may he rest in journalistic peace i think that's what the daily mail is now isn't it oh there it is straight in there but their sports section is credible is it not uh if you say so I don't. I don't. I'm just. Uh, I'm just going by what I'm told. <laughs> so, Joe, it's been a while, two and almost a half years since we last spoke. What have you been up to? Yeah, I think it's probably got to be the longest delay in between two pod appearances. But yeah, I've just been finishing my degree and getting to the point where I. Uh, I could take up the Swindon beat full time, really. Oh, yes. And and how have you found that thus far? Well, I've, I've essentially been doing it since January as Ryan's understudy. And then doing some stuff with the advertiser as well. So very much the, the man across both parties. And then tearing that off by taking up the uh, the top job at Total today. Well, congratulations. It's good to have you on board. And thank you for agreeing to continue Ryan's baby, the presser. Yeah, it's a, it's like a new series of the show where contractual disputes have meant that the two main stars in it, Ben Garner and uh, Ryan, let leave to pursue film careers, and their understudies in me and Scott Lindsay have to take their place. Yes, they do. So Scott Lindsay, yeah, new new season, new manager, and it, it, you know, we both you were there, and it's a press conference where you are actually in attendance as opposed to the Zoom. So we're back to the old way. They're not the same in terms of their their media training, I suppose. Scott Lindsay, 
although gave thoughtful answers, he answered the questions, not much depth. Yeah, I think there's the gap between him and Garner, as you say, is definitely media training. Garner says a lot without saying anything. Lindsay says, sorry, he says very little while saying a lot. And then um, Lindsay um, says everything to the point. It's a bit like um, how Erling Haaland conducts interviews. You you get the answer that you of the question you answered, but there's a, there's no dressing or flowers to go along with it. <laughs> well, I thought yourself, Andrew Hawes of BBC Radio Wiltshire and Johnny Leefield of The Advertiser all dealt with it perfectly fine. I'm sure it'll get better as rapports are built as the season goes on. Maybe it won't, but we still got plenty of stuff to talk about as we approach game one of the 2022-23 season away at Harrogate. Ah, yes, Harrogate. So, We'll start with the first question that came during the presser, which is basically he was asked for the thoughts and feelings about getting this first big gig and the pride of coming from a football family. What, what, what did Scott Lindsay have to say about that? Well, it was it was a natural first question from Andrew, wasn't it? Where you have to start with uh, Scott himself, and he's you know he, he's been on been around the block a while now and across all different roles, which he. Uh, in not great detail, ran through. He's been doing youth coaching, assistant coaching, managed Chatham Town. You know, he's he's been around, and this is his final, his first go at the the top job at in the EFL. I think he's very much looking forward to taking charge of his first game, being on the touchline for the first time. He's got some family in tow at Harrogate, as I understand. You know, his uncle and aunt are going to be there to see him do it. So it'll be it'll be exciting for him. And I think the big question we have to ask is. Will he be a, a Garner type or is he just going to wear a tracksuit? Will it be a bit of a Guardiola um, tribute act like Garner? Or what is it, is attire going to be like? It's a very good question. The first one of your tenure on the presser. What is it? I think I think he's going to be smart polo. I think he's going to be a tracksuit man. Based, okay. Simply based on pre-season, every time I've seen him, he's... He's, he's a track-suited guy, and I guess coming up as an assistant, that's possibly more comfortable to him. I don't think we'll be seeing the uh, long coats and the cardigans like Garner. Oh, the long coat did my head in. <laughs> it was, you know, I think he must have been absolutely gutted when Guardiola couldn't come to that game just so we could show him his wardrobe more than anything else. <laughs> oh, dear. And, and I think that what you said there about the fact that, you know, even though it was about a tyre, that he's been largely an assistant when he's worked in the senior game anyway. Andrew asked about whether Scott Lindsay was comfortable with being the man responsible with making the difficult decisions. What what did Scott Lindsay say about that? Well, yeah, whenever you speak to someone who's become a manager and is assistant before, that's the big difference that they talk about, is that distance you have to have from players, maybe in the ability to make the big decisions. And uh, Lindsay seems very, very happy to step up and do all of that. He was talking about how he always said to himself that when he became a manager, he was never going to be one to you know, shy away from telling someone what's, what was what and why he made certain decisions. Uh, he has already dropped a player. He didn't reveal who it was. My suspicions might be Reese Devine, just based on uh, him having that knock late in pre-season, meaning that maybe he isn't up to full fitness yet, but we don't know who that player is who's going to be left out from the first team squad on Saturday. But, you know, he seems... He seems like he's going to relish that opportunity to be the one making the big decisions. 
will jump the running order because it makes sense to. I think it might be the goalkeeper decision. Yeah, that's that's a big one as well. Um, which, as you say, was was a question uh, further down the line. I asked him a bit about that at Eastleigh. That's about how he was planning on making that decision. I think it's been a bit of a community approach. Steve Mildenhall's had his say about it, and we'll find out who that is. My preference would personally be Solbrain because I, I just think his distribution is vastly superior to Lewis Ward's, and with our style, that's going to be very useful. But it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me in a sort of Luke McCormick way if Lewis Ward did start the season. I'm not offended either way this year. I I, I was had a passionate opinion about the Jojo versus Lewis debate. I I don't have that level of passion or opinion until I see a bit more Solbred. Um, I've seen enough of Lewis Ward to know what he's all about, um, but we'll see. And there's plenty of cup games in the first couple of months for whoever is second string to get some minutes. Yeah, they all their chance will come. And I think as Ward knows from last year, he did get his chance when they came and took them pretty well. But yeah, there's the... The Walsall game, which you'd assume he would switch it for Crystal Palace coming up in the uh, EFL trophy as well. So there'll be plenty of time for those two to continue their individual battle for that number one shirt, even if technically speaking, Bryn has the number one shirt. Absolutely. Okay, then. So ahead of the Harrogate game, what's the situation in terms of injuries? Well, it's good news on the injury front, really. We've um, we've surprisingly come through pre-season unscathed with uh, with no injuries to speak of. Everyone was in training today. Everyone seems to be fine going into the season. So a full compliment leading into Harrogate, which is nice. <laughs> Lovely. Um, he, was, he was then asked about the challenges of getting a group together and getting them working as a team because there has been a high turnover of staff since he walked away from Vale Park in May. And he was asked, what signs do you look for? If you if you don't mind elaborating on that on that point a little bit. Well, he was, I think he looked more on the training side more than anything else. Angus McDonald got a similar question later on in the press conference about team bonding. But he was, you know, he was talking about how he can affect his team on the training ground in each phase of play. So everyone knows what they're doing specifically. And, you know, when we have possession, when we're out of possession, set pieces and in transition and everything and, he was, you know, he's been working hard on the training ground. It would appear to to get everyone on the same page, tactically speaking, with a new set of players who maybe haven't necessarily played in quite the sort of devotee passing way that Swindon have been over the last just over a season. So, you know, he's he's been working hard. He was talking about how since Cardiff as well, he's so been working hard on their defensive positioning to cut out some of the areas that led to goals there and. Yeah, we should hopefully see that cohesion on the field with what they're doing on the training ground. What's your gut instinct on Swindon squad at the moment in terms of... I've I've read comments from very rational Swindon fans that are braced or willing to accept that we might be in for a bumpy-ish August before things begin to click and, you know, that we should stick by the manager and the squad um, if that's the case. Do, do you think that is a realistic approach or do you think that's maybe glass half empty more than anything? I think it's definitely realistic. You always have to think with younger players that there's going to be you know, a bedding in period. They're all learning their trade on the job. We've got a couple of older guys, the lads who have stayed over from last season, then McDonald and Key and Harry's who've played a bit more football than 
the other new signings. But also, I, I think I'm going to come across as slightly controversial here. I, I'm very happy with our squad as it is. I don't necessarily think there needs to be too many, if any at all, changes to it and um, uh, rip my mentions, I suppose. But I think this squad is one that's pr- ready to challenge as is for promotion. Hey, that's the sort of controversy that we like. <laughs> You know. I'm always here for the controversy. Don't worry, Rich. <laughs> well, I look forward to those over the season, that's for sure. Something that I think Andrew worded really well in in the next question was the idea that we we were missing a few elements last season and Andrew observed that we have strengthened our position in terms of set pieces and, and dead ball situations as we have a long throw specialist in Romeo Hutton now, plus some additional height and physicality. And I think that was angled to highlight that Scott Lindsay has corrected the weaknesses from last season, which he probably observed himself. Would you say that was, that's fair? And how did Scott Lindsay respond to that? Yeah, I think, I don't think anyone would argue that we were good at set pieces last season, but I also don't think We've ever, I can't remember a Swindon team that was particularly good at set pieces, so I think it's just something that we do as a club. But there's definitely more height around. I think anyone who's at the Cardiff game, it struck me that even players like Tyree Shade and Romeo Hutton, who are going to be the, the wing-backs this season, they're bigger than the players we had in those positions last season. And then, you know, Tommy Adeloye, is, he's not small. And then we've still got Gladwin in the middle, so there's definitely more height and physicality in the team than there was last year. And I, I think that was something that this squad knew they had to deal with. Ben Gladwin's talked in this preseason about how this team need to become more streetwise and more ready for League Two rather than the pretty football that we often play. And then Scott Lindsay also felt the same. You know, Romeo Hutton gives us another another point of attack with his with his long throw and we can do the same in set pieces with using the extra height and the delivery that someone like Louis Ree can put in. And a goal is a goal at the end of the day. And that's what Scott Lindsay was, believes. And he's ready to take the goals wherever we can. And if set pieces can be an area where we score goals and don't concede them, then that's always got to be a good thing. But an area of caution, I would suggest that, especially easily, I hope we haven't worked on set pieces yet because I don't think those routines look very good at all. Ah. Okay, well, here's hoping. Uh, he was asked about selection headaches and he gave a textbook response. <laughs> yeah, there was absolutely no BS from Scott Lindsay or no, no, nothing offered to any opposition manager there where he's just, yeah, we're good all, all around. Every position's a selection headache. I trust the squad, which is what he has to say. I think the thing with pre-match press conferences in particular, and this is not to undermine the format of this podcast at all, is that managers ultimately don't want to give things away to their opposition, particularly ahead of the match. So he's not going to say, oh, well, you know, at centre-back we know what we're doing, or, well, we're a bit short in the middle, so if we, we can probably get exploited there. So, you know, Lindsay, the, the positive answer, you could say, if you're going to believe every word he says, is that we're good all around the pitch, which I think that we probably are. And then, but, you know, sceptically... You have to say that because if you don't say that, then I think the players aren't going to be too pleased with you. This segment of the podcast, The Presser, was born on cynicism. 
um, in regards to the content provided. And it was Ryan's job to convince me otherwise. And I got to enjoy these conversations, but I like that we're both on the same page in relation to what we can expect in terms of content. But we'll keep discussing it regardless. (laughs) It's worthwhile, I promise. Another important question was asked and another short response as Lindsay was asked whether he had a squad capable of challenging for promotion. I think I was able to write down entirely the words that he wrote, that he said whilst he was saying them, which was, yeah, I think we're good enough for promotion. So, okay, thanks. Good good quotes. Get that in, in the paper tomorrow. But he, you know, he's there's a belief there. I think you could you could sense that walking between him and Angus McDonald. There is belief that this team is good enough to challenge for promotion. I think most of the, if you look around the experts, they seem to see Swindon as a playoff side. I think this team believes that they can do that and more this season. Scott Lindsay's very happy to to be positive. Uh, Johnny really got into this later on. You know, he's trying to force his hand a little bit on the promotion chat and being so, uh, you know, so forward in the way that they're talking about what we're looking for this season. But, you know, I, th- I think higher up, they don't like to say their expectations, but Scott Lindsay has immediately nailed his colours to the mask that this team is looking to get promoted this season. Let's talk about Harrogate then. Harrogate Town finished 19th last season and really benefited from a strong start this season they are expected to struggle again if you listen to the experts and bookmakers etc not the highest turnover in in squad fringe players left Um, their big signing this summer has been experienced left back joe mattock who we'll talk about a bit later on they've also brought in former bath city player miles Welch Hayes and Max Wright from Grimsby, uh, Peter Jameson from York City, Kyle Ferguson from Altrincham, and Stephen Dooley, who's got plenty of experience with Rochdale. They've also dipped into the loan market with four signings, three of them coming from Huddersfield Town in uh, Josh Austerfield, Jaheim Headley, and Matty Daly, and Lewis Richard signs from Wolves. So, in in terms of opening day fixtures. There are, there are probably tougher squads that we'll go against, but they're there for the taking in terms of, of squads versus who we've got. But plenty of caution and respect from from Swindon Town in regards to Harrogate this weekend. Yeah, I think you have to believe that Harrogate are the kind of team that could potentially frustrate Swindon. You know, last season was a towards the end was a bit of an anomaly because they had a lot of injuries that that didn't help them at all especially when we played them they didn't have very many fit players so I wouldn't necessarily expect it to be quite as convincing as it was back in Easter but you know Harrogate are a team who expected to be down there uh, I, I personally see them as one of the two weaker weakest sides in the division which is not a good thing because it means we'll definitely lose but you know they've they're 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 a, they're a strong defensive team, thinks Scott Lindsay. They, they're good on the counter. They're going to be compact, Is was it one of his specific points. So, you know, we're going to be trying to pass through a brick wall, potentially, um, in Yorkshire this <laughs> this coming Saturday. So they're, they're a tough team. I can tell you that Miles Welch-Hayes is brilliant from experience, but that was 
admittedly watching him in the sixth tier at Bath City. He was he was very good there and has since played for a couple of football league sides, so he's he's a good option. But I think one of their key losses is they lost Jack Diamond from last season, who they had on loan from Sunderland, and their replacements for him seem to be a very Yorkshire first approach in the way they're they've gone about recruitment this summer. And, you know, they they finish poorly and they're they're going to be trying to emulate their start from last season, but you what you wonder whether that momentum will be against them right from the off, and that will that will make them struggle because I think the bottom of League Two is going to be better than it has been for quite a while. Yeah, I think so. I think you're probably right there. Andrew asked about Harrogate and Johnny ran with it really, and as you quite rightly point out, that it was reminded that. Harrogate, last time we played them, had an extremely depleted side. There, there wasn't too much chat about them as as a unit, though, was there? I, I'm sure they've done their scouting, but cards seem to be very close to their chest about the opposition. Yeah, there was a there was some very sort of concise uh, beliefs on what they believe Harrogate will offer, which was a compact defence, both strong on the. Tr- Counter attack, and they've Armstrong is one of their good players. That was essentially all we were given from <laughs> Scott Lindsay about what he thought of Harrogate. And but, but judging from what Angus McDonald said later on, that's about all the squad <laughs> know as well. <laughs> we'll get to that in just a minute. That was a very funny response, wasn't it? Um, which we'll get to. The next question was about what it was like for Scott Lindsay going into the first game of the season and the term free hit was used, which well, quite apt that he batted that away. Yeah, I think free hit is probably a bit erroneous anyway. I, I don't think a first game of the season, unless it was the specific situation we were in last season, can ever really be a first hit. You know, we, we want to get a good start going. Traditionally, somehow, we are very good on the first day up there with your Manchester Cities and your Liverpools. Um, in the in the on the first day stakes, which is a great stat that we want to keep going, but you know they're this Scott Lindsay's very excited to get going. It's his it's his first ever game as a manager. He feels this squad is prepared to go all the way this season, and he's he wants to get underway, put a strong performance out there, and you know he's he's not thinking about the first day record. And he did bring up that three of the four promoted sides did not win on the first day last season. But, you know, they they will want to win this. Uh, that's a stupid point. They want to win every game. But they will, <laughs> they will want to get off to a good start, get get any sort of nerves out of the fan base, off of the backs about the, you know, the subpar pre-season before, uh, results out of the way immediately and just get cracking on avenging what happened in Burslem. Yeah, I wonder who told Scott Lindsay about those uh, those results from last season because he doesn't strike me as the sort of guy who immediately dipped into the fixture lists from last year to check to uh, to bat away that uh, brilliant record that Swindon have. I think it was my wedding day the last time Swindon lost on the opening day of the season. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, Peterborough. <laughs> Lindsay was yeah. very much ready to go with that stat. It wasn't one that I necessarily yeah. knew going in there, so. I think he'd done a, yeah. at least a, at least a bit of prep for what he was going to be asked. Good for him too, frankly. Would like a bit of that, but yeah, I'm sure it's something was in his ear. The last um, point before we get to your questions, uh, lots of people are talking about the notion that 
the club are talking about promotion during pre-season. And I like the way Johnny worded this because it's kind of rare. You know, you, you talk, people, football cl- clubs and staff tend to be more modest and don't like to mention the P word until it's near, damn it, confirmed. But none of that Swindon at the moment, it would appear. Yeah, Johnny, I think I think it was in the interview, brought up the fact that it was Johnny Williams was the first person to mention it last year. But they've gone straight out the gate with believing promotion is is the aim this season. I think that's a reflection very much on the on the fact that we're going into this one with a full pre-season with a squad that, you know, there's a, a good number of high-quality players left over from last year. We are hopefully going to be able to kick on. Sandra Di Michele has been tasked with getting replacements for the people who haven't stuck around. But this is a team with a core of players who arguably should never be in League Two. I know for a fact Louis Reed shouldn't. Harry McCurdy has the confidence of a man who plays in the Champions League and the goal record of a man who plays in at least League One. So, you know, this is a team that, you know, should be should be there, should be aiming at promotion and they're Scott Lindsay is not shying away from that because he believes it's possible. Yeah, and, and here's hoping that that confidence is reflected in our form coming up. Shall we listen to your audio? Shall we? Got five subs for this season. How much does that change your game planning? Not at all. Um, really, it doesn't. It helps. If, you know, if anything, it does help um, in terms of we can obviously put more on the pitch, um, but it doesn't really change anything in terms of the planning or or structure of how I want to play the game. Have you considered, we've seen teams like England women at the moment with Beekman and um, Pilar and Ismail a few years ago where they used those subs to really play half and half almost. Their team, is that anything you've considered? No, no, we're going <clears> to <throat> we're gonna probably try and keep our starting eleven on the pitch for as long as we can and then when we feel we need to make changes, whether that's a tactical change or whether we see something or whether it might be an injury or, or, or even tired legs, then we make changes accordingly on that. Um, but no, I, I'd expect my starting eleven to play a minimum of 60 minutes. Obviously, injuries aside of that. And then, lastly, you played 3-5-2 throughout pre-season. Was that always the plan as soon as you came in? Because it appears it's what's been built. <clears throat> no, not really. Um, we, I've said in previous interviews that we, we haven't hung our hat completely on that. Um, you know, there's other formations that suit the squad as well. And we have to look at what other oppositions do as well. So, you know, we can look at um, how, how we could play for argument's sake and, and we may change to combat them and may change to hurt them as well. So, you know, I'm not hanging my hat on one formation, so that's what we're playing because that, that might not be the case. So there we go. Short and sweet. First question from yourself was five subs now you can name um, and how that changes things. I think it does change because what we always hear is about squad depth, don't we? And I think a lot of teams or a lot of Premier League middling teams sort of flap about the big hitters being able to bring on five world-class elite players. Of course, that isn't the case in League Two, but you still want to be competitive. Um, So I was surprised that he says it doesn't really change the way it is, but it's almost certainly going to be the case. Well, that was my thinking as well. It's why I asked the question, obviously, in these press conferences for 
peeking behind the curtain a little bit here, I ask third, very much the last at the watering hole. So I have to think a little bit more outside the box for the questions in these situations, especially with no prior games to go on. So the five subs rule is back for this season. Uh, I believe we had it when we were in League One, but it was not there last year. And I think five subs is important. I mentioned Valerian Ismail and Serena Wiegmann. These are people who you know, have used five subs incredibly effectively for their teams to make them better, to be able to keep up an intensity whilst you're playing. So I wanted to see if Scott Lindsay had fought that way. And if he has, he didn't tell me. And he was very much, you know, we're keeping on the way you would use subs anyway, you know, if there's an injury, if he wants to change something up. But I think this season, I think we have more squad depth. Last year, I could have told you before we kicked off who the subs were going to be. By the end of the season, it was Akin Odomayo, Jake O'Brien, and the one of Williams or Gladwin who didn't start coming on for the one of Williams or Gladwin who did at some point. So, you know, and that shouldn't be the case this year. We've got a fair amount of options in midfield and up front and out wide as well. So I, I thought potentially that might be something he would be more interested in looking into, but he certainly didn't let on to me that he was. Yeah, and. I'm all for the five subs rule. Um, it's elite sport, you know. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a good thing, but it's also inevitable that there will be a, a, an advantage to teams with bigger budgets. I get that, but eventually, it will sort of even itself out a little bit more as as the rule is embedded in in the game. Uh, I just I just think for the time being it's inevitably going to change. I mean, imagine if you're sort of clinging on to a 1-0 against a team that's slightly better than you and then after the 70th minute they can just hurl two center forwards on or, or like defend or if you if you if you're defending you can put on a couple of center backs ready to to go in. So I I I think I think there's more to it. Yeah, and I think we have already seen a couple of teams seem to be scheming themselves to be ready for that. If you look at the number of players that a Bradford, a Walsall, a Stevenage have brought in, they've definitely got enough players. In Stevenage cases, none of them are any good, but they certainly have a lot, <laughs> a lot of players now that they can bring on and they you, gives you those extra options. And I, I think when you have five subs available, you, know, you should definitely be thinking about using them in a way that if we're going to play like Scott Lindsay said he wants to with high intensity a way of keeping that up more effectively than if you um, if you aren't using those subs in that way because people are just going to get tired. Okay, well, your second question was about formation and it's been quite clear this summer that 3-5-2 is the formation of the moment for Scott Lindsay, but he did say that there were other plans in, in case that 3-5-2 wasn't working or if he wanted to spice things up, but I've not seen too much rotation from that that formation certainly nobody talking about it is that fair to say yeah we've not seen a formation that isn't 3-5-2 in pre-season I don't think I think possibly at the end Eastley it switched that way but I was deep in a match report at that point but with you know this team seems to be built to play 3-5-2 we've got four players who are obvious wing backs and probably only two who could play at full back so you know you're not going to put Tyree Shade at right back for example so I think this team does seem to be geared up to play three five two. And given that you know this, we were a four three three through the back end of last season. I was I was interested to know if that was always the plan. And they went about recruitment thinking this is the system we want to go with. No doubt about it. But 
Now, again, that was another thing where we didn't get a, a real answer other than your obvious, I think we're flexible um, from Scott Lindsay. But it will be, it will be interesting to see if, if there is a, a flexibility there, they want to move to a back four at any point, play more like, more like we did at the back end of last season, where I feel like we got more out of Harry McCurdy in a sort of inside forward role. Um, where he could go stint the back post and get those poachers goals that he likes. So it'd be, and um, so him moving back into a forward two, be interesting to see if that changes things and maybe gets less out of him. And if we are going to move about, see, see what happens there. Really, well, here's hoping indeed. Now, last season, this is where the pod would finish. We do our predictions and we go on our merry way. But now Ben Garner is gone. Players are allowed to talk in the presser again, which is lovely. And we were joined by Angus MacDonald, the new captain of Swindon Town. And that was the first question regarding his captaincy. And it was it was asked his feelings about becoming a captain so soon after joining. What did he say? Yeah, he was he gave you a classic answer, did Angus MacDonald. He's obviously very proud. He you know, he hasn't always been captain, but he's always looked to portray leadership qualities in his game and lead by example and show the professionalism that some of the younger players would want. And it's it's the words you want to hear out of your new captain, I must say. I think Angus MacDonald, again, suffered a little bit from not saying tons and tons, but you know, there, <laughs> I think there was a lot more personality in him than maybe we've seen from players and certainly more than we got from Garner. He came in in a state of undress and, may I say, uh, Alexandra Burke was a very lucky woman. And, you know, he was he was he was having a bit of a play around with Andrew Hawes and um, and it was it was a nice it was nice to see that um, that side of players that we don't necessarily see so often in press conferences. Oh, the big the big issue last year was we didn't hear from many of the players. There were there were players that played a lot last season and have now since gone and I can tell you anything about them and then within hours of them joining their new club they've they've already said more than they ever did at Swindon which is a great shame I don't know what really they were protecting them from and I know McCurdy aside I don't think there's any risk by introducing some of them to the pressers but we'll, we'll see you're quite right Angus McDonald didn't say a great deal but he was he was relatively cheeky as we'll get to in just a moment I think we mentioned this earlier there's no paintball required at Swindon in terms of team bonding it sounds like they're gelling quite well yeah this this squad seems seemed last season like it was a very close-knit bunch you know we've lost a couple of members of that that friendship group I think you could say that we could see on Instagram you know Josh Davis and Jack Payne obviously and Dion Conroy are no longer around but this is a team I think full of friends rallying around uh, McCurdy as a central figure but you know Gladwin Louis Reed as as you'll see through the Kitmen's TikTok accounts as you know it's they're they're a playful bunch these guys and the new the new players appear to have latched in on that quite quickly they're you know we could hear in the other room i don't know if it'll come through in the audio oh, it does. of them in the gym session um <laughs> and there's a there's there's a lot going on in there i think it's fair to say even without knowing the specifics of what was of what was happening and they they are a close bunch and the new players are are gelling into that and as angus said they don't need to do any of the um the corporate retreats and exercises to to make to make friendships happen. They already exist. Well, that's nice. If, if you were to send them anywhere for team building, where would you send them? Um, uh, <laughs> I think you get the, the best response if you said a corporate box at Chelsea. But um, 
<laughs> yeah, I think they're probably right. Uh, Madonna was asked about his own form in terms of, I guess, fitness because he hadn't played much over preseason because he was waiting for a new club, which we'll get to in the next question. But he felt that he got through the Cardiff friendly pretty okay. Yeah, he's only had you know a week and a half, say, of formal preseason. He's had by the time he came to play against Cardiff and start that game, he had had a matter of days of playing with the group and so he was he was very happy to play the amount he did he played about 75 minutes before coming off which is which is a very good shift for someone who's you know that was their first match experience of the season um he shows you know he was pre- pleased with how he did generally although there were a few dodgy passes in there I will say from from his end um but he did feel like the team got got a few of their mistakes out of the way early on in that game I think it's fair to say people have seen uh, I think it's goals three and four, which are uh, not a pleasing sight for for those who are fans of defending. But um, yeah, they were, he he was happy with how Cardiff went, especially cons- with with all the circumstances around him. McDonald went into cheeky chappy mode for the next question because he was sort of asked about what what he's been doing in in the sort of the purgatory of not having a contract with a club, and his response was a little. I, I felt. I, I know he was joking, but I was like, oh, it wasn't a daft question. Come on. Yeah, I think it's a very sensible question. Actually, I had a chat with Jamie Sendles White um, just under a year ago now about this kind of thing. Obviously, he's been about a club for a while and it is difficult to keep fit when you're not playing with people. And he did after saying, you know, I was <laughs> I was fine. Don't worry. So he did go into, you know, he did find it more difficult with none, no teammates around him to sort of get through the hard running and it's also difficult to know how much you should be doing. You talked about, you know, you want to stay fit, but you don't want to injure yourself and jeopardise getting a club. So he was, he was, he was finding it more difficult. And I think he's, he's definitely enjoying being inside a building and working towards something specific. Yeah, I think he said, "Don't worry, I wasn't homeless." Yeah, <laughs> but you would hope having played in the championship for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for future presses, I really want to be able to do a recording with an opposition fan. And I really, 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 really struggled with Harrogate. And by the sounds of Lindsay's response about like what he knew about Harrogate and by Angus McDonald's approach, it seemed that they didn't really concern themselves with the opposition too early or they can't find the, the right stuff. I don't know. But it was very a uh, draw of a cigarette sort of puff out and oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll deal with that in the morning. Yeah, in, in, in my notes about what Angus McDonald said, I've just written the word confident in capital letters. He seems he seems very much <laughs> yeah. eased with going into the first game of the season. I hope they've not run through the game plan yet because <laughs> Angus McDonald did not seem particularly ready for the threats of Harrogate Town and um, he seems not, not to know what they are. He's you know he's, he's dropped down the division, so he's not played Harrogate Town. He knows one of the players, but uh, he's got no idea what they're about and you'd like to hope that whilst they're taking the coach up tomorrow Scott Lindsay might tell them <laughs> it was very funny um across the board the the lack of uh, the lack of Harrogate talk he seemed very very confident in Swindon's potential this season yeah even more so than the um than his confidence in the Harrogate game he seemed very very um prepared for promotion and ready to make a real run at it. Obviously, he was with Rotherham last season, so he knows a little bit about what that was like. And he's he's excited to be more of a part of it this season. But there was 
I think you could see around the place from what I heard from the other rooms and saw whilst I was walking through the, the many tunnels of the county ground and with speaking with Angus McDonald, there is there's a buzz around this team at the moment. They they believe in themselves and they know what they can do and they believe that promotion is promotion is waiting for them this season. Joe Mattock was mentioned, as I said earlier in the pod, uh, a teammate of his at Rotherham. For those who don't know, Joe Mattock is former Leicester City, uh, West Brom, Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham player, England under 21. Back in that year where Leicester found themselves in League One, he played both of those games and they seemed quite chummy. Sounds like they were even in Vegas together this summer. Yeah, I must say a massive hats off to Andrew Hawes for and for knowing this off the top of his head because as I think I put it out in the tweet earlier today that we it was an unnamed player we did not know it was going to be Angus McDonald until probably about 15 minutes before he walked through the door so for I, I imagine he's on his match notes already but he was he was very ready to go with the fact that Angus McDonald and him had been teammates before they sound very very close they were in Las Vegas over the summer by by the sounds of it um enjoying the sun and presumably various other excitements that exist in Vegas I can't think what those necessarily would be and yeah he was he doesn't know anything about the team and he hasn't really asked asked Matic about anything other than just saying a quick uh, good luck over text but uh, maybe he'll be looking for a bit more information uh, in the coming days. And Andrew closed with a question was pretty much how excited or relaxed he was for this game. He, he does seem reassuringly relaxed in terms of the way he delivered all of his responses. Yeah, he's a very chilled out guy. Was was the main takeaway from from what we learned about Angus McDonald, and he is he is not expecting, or <laughs> certainly for now, he's not expecting too much of a difficult day. It sounds like against Harrogate, he's he's, <laughs> he's ready to get going and excited to be playing more than anything else, I hope, was where that confidence came from and not having watched parts of Harrogate's pre-season. Yes, let's see how it goes. Um, let's listen to some more Joe audio. Huzzah! You came down here pretty recently. We, when we just opened Scott Lindsay, um, he's talking quite a lot about promotion. Is that your expectation as well? Is that the feeling in the camp? Yeah, definitely. You hear the boys talk about it all the time, you know, narrowly missing out last season. I think it only gives the lads, especially who were here last season, that determination to go and put that right this season. And was there any reservation being captain after just joining a team? Um, no, no. Obviously, the manager spoke to me about it, and you know, I jumped to the chance. You know, I'd love to be captain. I'd, you know, I'd love to lead a team to promotion and love to lead by example. So if that's what I can do, and I can help some of the other lads out, and get the three points on a Saturday and a Tuesday night, whenever it may be, then hopefully we'll do that. Promotion push, yet more confidence. Yeah, I want to sort of go in on, because we'd been speaking with Lindsay beforehand, you know, how he was preparing for the season and what, what the feeling amongst the players was. And that, as we've already sort of covered, was very much, we're going for promotion. This is what this squad is capable of. He said, um, when he's talking about his sort of captaincy, credentials that he believes he can get a lot more out of these players um, just as people in with the way he can work and using his experience so there's there's a feeling that this is a good squad and Angus McDonald having just been here a short while believes that this is a very good squad yeah yeah and and your final question was and I think it's a very fair one about 
waltzing in to a club where there were already two strong candidates for the captaincy in in Lou Reed and and Ben Gladwin. And I'm pretty sure we were told it was going to be a toss of a coin between those two. And then he waltzes in and is instantly given the armband. And you sort of ask if there are any reservations that he had about being captain so early, but none. Yeah, very much fitting with the vibe of the afternoon. Angus MacDonald was very chilled out about the whole thing. I maybe expected um, earlier in the summer that Baudry might become captain. Obviously, Gladwin and Reed were obvious candidates within the team. But I think when you saw that press release that the club put out, where Scott Lindsay talks about how Angus MacDonald had been captain at previous clubs, that, yeah, this guy's probably going to be given the armband. And it, it shows that he's going to be first choice in the middle of that back three as we go along. And he's he's got no qualms about coming in and becoming the the official leader of the dressing room. Okay, then. So this is it, the end of presser one for the new season. And we need predictions. And this year, we're going to keep track of the predictions because there was too much of Ryan said, <laughs> I got it right last week or whatever. And me thinking, did you? I'm not so sure you did. So I'm going to log it all and we'll see how well we do. I'm going for 1-1. One, one. Oh, Lord. Um, uh, having having seen their attitude on Harrogate and our record on the first day, this can only go one way, and that's Wyndham Town nil, Harrogate Town 1. Oh, no. Okay, too much confidence. There's going to be a lot of negative uh, predictions on my end, as anyone who reads the Total Life blogs will know. Uh, well, you know, I know plenty of people who always vote, vote. they always bet against their team. So when they lose, at least they get some money. So, exactly. you know, I'm, I'm playing both sides so that I always come out on top. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it's cowardly, but I don't <laughs> mind it. <laughs> cowardly is the best way. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, a superb opening. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Have a bubble. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.